Yes, it is Wednesday, February 22. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. And if you're just tuning in, the report in the Sydney Morning Herald today is that Mitchell Moses is set to stay with the Eels after all. In the cricket, David Warner heading home after he suffered that hairline fracture in his elbow. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens as far as the top of the order is concerned. Probably Travis Head for the third test in indoor starting next Wednesday. Liverpool are 1-0 up at Anfield against Real Madrid this morning. Fantastic goal from Darwin Nunes early. Nine minutes in there at Anfield. Looks like an incredible, typical European atmosphere for that Champions League first leg tie against the team that they lost the final to last season in Paris, Real Madrid. 1-0 at the moment. The Reds up in that knockout game. Well, sorry, round of 16 first leg game this morning. The other game, Frankfurt and Napoli is scoreless. 12 minutes gone in that fixture. But uh, Dean Bulldog Ritchie coming up shortly. Uh, just some more news uh, with the Dragons. Zane Musgrove and Michaeli Ravalawa are set to be fined, not suspended after their verbal argument outside the team hotel in Mudgee uh, the other day after the Charity Shield. And uh, the great Bulldog is joining us now. How are you, Bulldog? Yeah, good morning, men. And that Dragon situation, anything else you can tell us about uh, well, uh, the fallout from that? Yeah, I checked around on that yesterday, Middows. Checked in with the club and with a couple of player managers. And uh, look, they will be, as you just touched on, Middow, they will be disciplined. They will be sanctioned. Uh, but the crime, in inverted commas, uh, isn't significant enough in the eyes of Dragons management to justify any consideration for a round one suspension. So I think they will probably cop a fine. Uh, I wrote a little comment piece in today's paper saying, look, yes, this is a news story. It's a genuine news story, but let's all just keep our powder dry to some degree. Let's not bay for blood. Uh, If I was the Dragons, I'd pull them in. I'd tell them to pull their heads in and go and give a couple of grand each to charity. I I, I think it's, yeah, it's not a good look. Players out at 6am, I get that. Clearly they're intoxicated, but at the same time in the levels of atrocities for rugby league, this is on the lower, lower scale. Uh, I, I just don't think we should really be out there trying to pin these two to the cross. Morning, Bulldog. Uh, have you heard whether Mitch Moses is staying or going, buddy, at the Eels? Uh, reports emerged yesterday, Clarky, that uh, he would reject the West Tigers and he would stay. I think that's been the case from the very beginning. I Never really thought he was going, Clarky. Having said that, we at the Telegraph made a few calls yesterday and we couldn't nail that story down. Mm. Uh, that's not to say it won't be right, but uh, nor, or neither the club nor Mitch Moses' camp would confirm that he is staying. Uh, the Tigers' deal was significantly higher financially for Moses, but every time I, I made a call around this ongoing situation, the, the, the words I were hearing... I was hearing was that he wanted to win a premiership. And I think he realises that's more likely at Parramatta at the West Tigers. So it's a watch this space, Clarky. Nothing official yet, but the mail is that he will stay. And as I said, I think the mail has been that he will stay now for two, three months. So the big day for Parramatta, because I did have a fear that if he did leave, uh, the wheels to some degree could come off for this season. But it all looks like it will be nailed down within the next few days. Been a positive off-season for Manly Bulldog, but I read in the paper today, and you've written the story that 
Josh Schuster looks like being out for round one. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it, Loz? Because I think a lot of people were uh, looking forward to seeing how Josh Schuster fitted in. Of course, he will be the long-term replacement for uh, the Gold Coast-bound Kieran Foran. Uh, funny, you know, Daily Telegraph uh, Supercoach, he's the most popular player, Josh Schuster, and I guess that flamboyant is something we wanted to see on show for that round one game against the Bulldogs down there at Brookvale, which I'm sure will be a sellout. But he sustained a calf injury against the Roosters uh, in that uh, pre-season challenge last weekend. And rather than push too hard and get him out there early, uh, they're going to take the cautious approach. They'll play the long game here with Schuster uh, Loz, and he will miss that opening game. So the question is, who comes in? And I just made a couple of quick calls last night, and I think you'll find the favourite at this point is young Cooper Johns, who played well in the trials for Manly, and of course is the son of the great Matty Johns. So it will be interesting to see whether Daly Cherrymans is teamed up with Cooper Johns for that big Bulldogs game. Will Tommy make round one, Tommy Turbo? He consistently said he would, Laurie. So based on that, yes, he'll be there. Uh, he came back from Philadelphia under the guidance of Bill Knowles, specifically, uh, but also really emotionally positive laws. Tommy goes up and down a bit. That's his personality because of the injuries that he's sustained. But he came back a, a, a really positive and determined young bloke. So, look, I think he'll be there. He's claiming he'll be there. I can't see why he wouldn't be there. But the other news out of the pullbacks is Ryan Pappenhausen. A lot of questions floating around rugby league laws about that kneecap injury. He too went to Philadelphia to see Bill Knowles. But uh, I think Melbourne thought he would be back maybe round three, round four. But it looks like that's being a little bit optimistic. So I'm hearing now that it could be round six or even round seven or eight. I think it'll be later. So that's, yeah, we're getting sort of, Toward yeah. the halfway through the season, there, Loz. Yeah, I, I think it'll be towards the end of the season, more so than mid-season or early season. Well, which will be a blow. Right, which will be a blow for for uh, Melbourne. Yeah, if you're right, and normally you are in these situations, that is a huge blow. You take out Justin Ollum as well, and you take out a, a, a whack to their depth through the Bromwich brothers and, and, and Brandon Smith and Felice Corfusi, and suddenly Melbourne looked quite vulnerable, Loz, but. Yeah, so it'll be very interesting. Yeah, Pappenhausen is saying round six to eight. You're saying a bit later. Oh, that's I'm just me. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just assuming. I, I just don't yeah. know with like the the knee injury that he sustained. Like that's got to take a long time to heal, doesn't it? When you like your, your kneecap, like is broken up into all different pieces. Yeah. Ouch! Ouch! It was a nasty injury, wasn't it? it was one did. When you see it on television, you you wince and turn yeah. away. Yeah, and this bloke's whole game is based around speed as well. And you so, got to and you got to glue and put your kneecap back together. Right. And, and then it's Basically, the confidence yeah. to be able to run back out at the highest level and not fear re-injuring it. Mm. That that will take some time as well. Yeah, what, it just shattered. No, you scared every time you got tackled. Yeah, I, well, yeah, it'll take a while. I, I think it'll take a while. I, I think it'll be later in the season, more so than mid-season or early. Just watch one of the just great... injuries too, guys. I'll Go just bring it. up to date with Tavita Pangai out there at Canterbury. He did his calf uh, pre-season. They hoped he'd be back early, but the news isn't great. From what I'm told, Tavita might not be back until round five or round six. 
he too did a calf injury. So the Bulldogs will be down a little bit in firepower uh, for their first month or even more. So that's another blow for uh, Cameron Torello. I thought the dogs were very disappointing last weekend. And uh, Davida had hoped to get back early. But yes, it looks like he'll be out for a while. But the good news is that uh, Viliami Kikau, he took a head knock against the Sharks last weekend. Uh, he's passed all his uh, post-game concussion protocols and he will be right to line up against the Seagulls. Bulldog, is it inevitable that Jack Wellsby, the St. Helens star fullback, will end up in the NRL? You know, I wrote a story about this yesterday and chased a little bit more uh, last night. So this is how it'll work in my eyes. And this is what... I spoke to multiple clubs, Mido, and they're all saying the same thing, but they're all saying we're not chasing, but we know other clubs that are. So I think the queue will be quite long. So he's under contract until the end of 2025, Jack Wellsby at St. Helens. So what clubs are thinking of doing now in terms of NRL clubs, they will try to get Wellsby to sign a three-year deal for 26, 27 and 28. So they nail him down for three years. Come the end of next year, they might start to agitate. Can the kid come a year early? And St. Helens, albeit they don't need the money, may buckle and say, okay, we'll let him out one year early. So that would mean he could be here for 25. But it would be good, though, for clubs with fullbacks who are, I guess, pushing toward the end of their career. If he's not here for another three years, you sign him up now and then you let the incumbent play out his career and then Wellesby would walk in as the easy and logical replacement. But he's clearly a gun player. He's clearly a player that NRL clubs will want. It's just a matter of how they can get him out here as quick as possible. And I think that's what they'll do, Mido. They'll sign him for three from 26 and then start to make some noises after 24 to get him here for 25. Yeah, there's been talk around the CBA with the NRL and close to getting a deal done. But do we read anything into the NRL cancelling their season launch? No, I don't think so, Laurie. I think the deal is getting close from what I'm hearing. Uh, Peter Volandis himself has stepped in now, and since that has happened, talks have moved forward reasonably quickly. Look, it's been a long, long, ugly saga, but I think we're finally getting there, Laurie. I think everyone wants this over. I think everyone's tired of hearing about it and, and reading about it. I think in terms of the season launch, the NRL was just a bit fearful of shelling out a lot of money uh, bringing in a lot of the A-listers, so to speak, uh, at an exclusive venue, and then none of the players show up. I just don't think they could have that risk in terms of not only the money laws, but also it's a bad look PR-wise. I think that was just their decision in the end. They thought, you know what, if it's not nailed down, we can't run the risk of players not showing up, and a lot of players wouldn't have showed up, let's be honest. So I think in the end they just thought, you know what, let's just cancel it. A lot of those things were cancelled during COVID anyway, Laurie. So I guess, yeah, post-COVID, a lot of things have gone that may not come back. And I'm not saying it won't be back, but in terms of this year, it certainly won't be held. The Knights have had a couple of terrible years and one of their shining lights was Dominic Young. And, you know, he had a great year last year with them, went away and played with England at the World Cup and was a standout. And it's being reported that 
the Knights have failed to re-sign him. He's going to the Roosters. What does that say about Newcastle, Bulldog? Yeah, it's a blow, isn't it, Laurie? Not only on the field, but it's a blow for the club off the field. They unearthed this young gun from England who's a bit of a, a cult hero up there in the Hunter. Uh, he goes around the World Cup and stars, and I think Newcastle fans thought, you know, this bike could be on our wing for the next four, five, six, seven years. And then kaboom, the race is on, the money starts pouring in, and uh, the Roosters won the battle. I'm, I'm, I'm told other clubs actually offered a bit more than the Roosters, but, you know, they're a very persuasive club, Laurie. They've got great stars, they've got a great culture, they've got great facilities, they've got a great board. Any player who is approached by the Sydney Roosters, it sits up and listens. That's, that's how it is. And if they can get him in under their cap, which clearly they have, uh, you know, they've got their man. I mean, you look at that back line. You know, young, um, Tedesco, Suali'i, Manu, Kiri, Walker. It's an absolute star-studded back line from next year. And Roosters generally get their man laws. And yet again, they've gone in hard and they have secured what I believe, who I believe to be one of the best young wingers in the game. Now, Bulldog, have you managed to cast your eye over any of the United legal ads that Loz is acting in in the nation's <laughs> capital yet? I haven't, Mido. I'm interested to see and hear more, though. Prepare please to be me. dazzled. Right. Explain to me, please. I'm sorry, I don't know about this. Well, Loz, would you like to explain, considering you're the star... Well, I'm just starring in a couple of commercials for United Legal, uh, Dean. And, oh, right. um, and you know, they, they go to the top. They want the best people. So they came to me. And now I've just and started your, in these ads. Your legal background is what? No, no legal background. I'm just <laughs> he's sued, he's well, sued a few times. Yeah. I, I'm just, you know, well, I'm, I'm flying a plane. I'm sort of getting electrocuted. I'm mm. doing a few other things in a couple of... Um, of these uh, ads, right. yeah, it's, mm. but you, yeah, I've it's, it's about having a bit of fun, of bulldog, you know, and expressing yeah, yourself. Yeah, no, that's what life's about, Laurie. I've always thought you don't want to be boring. Trouble, I'd like a bloke who worked as a greenkeeper to represent me in court. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am Dennis Denuto. <laughs> Sort of looks similar as well. Well, I look forward to these ads. <laughs> yeah, well, just keep an eye out. Maybe a bit of YouTube. Can I ask you one yeah, question, Laurie? Are they going on TV <laughs> or are they just staying on YouTube? What's that? Are the ads going on TV? No, no, they'll be on TV. Okay. Mm. They, they mightn't hit the big smoke. Uh, we've had some texts from They mightn't some... hit the big smoke here in Sydney. Just, oh, just down in Canberra. Just down in mm. Canberra, mate, okay. you know. On main and channel, out wide like 7, 9, 10 or... Like yeah. yeah, that'd be all over the shop. Yeah. Does this company want... Did you... Uh, this company doesn't want anybody from Sydney? No, no, no. We don't want to travel, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Must be good. Must Did be you good demand fun. the non-profile photos was or uh, vision? Uh, no, I didn't care, Bulldog. I'm, right, I'm okay. open to all angles. It's like everything <laughs> okay, I do. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, what have we got here? I look forward to them. <laughs> well, what have we got here? Uh, he compared yeah. himself to Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt before, so uh, right. Yeah, and we got a. Test well, you him. were asking. You said you asked me whether Josh Papalii or me. Or, you know, myself was, was the star. And I said it was like having Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Who do you pick as the star? Very complimentary. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, what, have we got a question here? Did you ask this one, Loz, on the text line? I don't think you did. James, can you ask Bulldog whether David Fafita is likely to go to Canberra or stay at the Gold Coast? Uh, it's a good question. And I have an answer because I spoke to the Raiders about this yesterday. Uh, they're still waiting. They're hopeful without being confident. 
I think you'll find me, though, they were a little more optimistic last week. Uh, I had a good contact with me saying that uh, some of the Titans directors were in the box up there on the Sunshine Coast for a game against the Dolphins last weekend, and they expressed a fear that Fafita would go. So I checked in with the Raiders to determine whether that was right, and they said, look, we just don't know. We're hopeful. We're not as confident as what we were. And I must be honest, David Fafita looked quite happy on the football field in that trial game. So it's a, it's a wait and see. No decision just yet. Um, but if I was a betting man that had a little lazy five bucks, I'd probably back him to stay. But in rugby league, of course, you never say never. So you're unsure. That's what you mean? Well, I'm not unsure, mate. I think it's more David Fafita's unsure. I don't think he knows just yet what he's going to do. But, I mean, Canberra's a great culture. Laws, you know that better than anybody. And I've got no doubt Ricky Stewart I was only taking would turn him into a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog, thanks so much. I'll, I'll you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give him some respite from Loz's needling. See Have you a, Friday, yeah. Bulldog. <laughs> Love you, brother. So we're all going Friday? We are going, yes. Compulsory. Right. Is there a couple of little drinkies to be had or not? Of course, it is a Friday. I've got to drive, Dean. Okay. I don't. Are you driving? I've got to drive to Juneau. Are you going home? Yeah, Beautiful. G- going home, mate. Mm. Got a few things on down oh. there. Cha-ching. Another couple of sponsor events. (laughs) More ads to film. I'm a a man in demand. Yeah. When you're on, you're on. (laughs) When it rains, rains, it it pours. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Bulldog. Much appreciated. See you Friday. See you Friday. Chief, some match at Anfield this morning in the Champions League. And, uh, gee, we're behind here on the screen because I'm seeing a score update of 2-2. At Anfield between Liverpool and Real Madrid. This is round of 16, first leg. And Liverpool led 2 0, courtesy of goals oh, from Darwin counter. Nunes. The counter. And Mo Salah after. Oh! oh, no. We've had goalkeeping blunders from both sides here. So Salah put Liverpool 2 0 up when the Courtois, the Madrid keeper, had an absolute... How would you describe what happened there at the back, no, Clarkie, for Madrid? He went to clear the ball I'm, and he kicked it into the it, Real really, Madrid player and it's rebounded back into that, the goal. This is the Madrid goal. Oh, the first one was Salah. Yeah, the I can't the say Madrid I keeper sort of was off a back pass, chested it, tried to go one way, tripped over himself and the ball mm. just rebounded straight to Mo Salah's feet and he just poked it in. But uh, Vinicius scored a fantastic goal to bring it back to 2-1. And now, Loz, we're just seeing a replay of what's happened here. How would you describe this? The Liverpool keepers had an absolute shocker. He just tried to clear it. Just tried to clear it straight into Vinicius again. And it's rebounded into the net. Oh, that is shocking from Alisson. Oh, dear. dear. That that is... So these keepers are having, well... Well, he made a fantastic save just before, did Allison, but that was an absolute shocker. So it is 2-2 at Anfield. And in the other game this morning, Napoli leading in Germany against Frankfurt. This Allison, who does, he, who does he represent at national level? Who he's, does he play a Bra- for? he's a uh, Brazilian, Allison. Brazilian? Yes. Did he go to the World Cup? Can't remember. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he would have. He, yeah. Well, yeah, he's their second. Keeper. I think yeah. he's their back backup. Jeez, that was a bad mistake. That's oh. a bad mistake. Anyway, still too all, me don't don't lose faith yet. Oh, I'm 
slumped a bit after that. Um, at what is Adam's tip, please, on the text line? Adam Pengilly's tip today is at Warwick Farm. Race five, number two, tip of the spear. And that is paying $3 with tap. Tip of the spear. James McDonald in the saddle. Barrier two, Annabelle Neesham trains. And we'll get Brad Davidson's mail soon. We're going to talk some uh, Super Rugby Pacific and uh, speak to Brumby scrum half Ryan Lonigan shortly. Uh, it all starts Friday night, Allianz Stadium, Waratahs and Brumbies. And just some other news around the traps. The Telegraph reporting Teniela Tupo, who unfortunately is set to miss a large chunk of this season with an Achilles injury, is set to stay in Australian rugby after his contract expired or expires later this year. But uh, this report in the Telegraph say he's going to move from the Reds to the Rebels. That's still to be confirmed, though. Now, how about this, Loz? You'll love this. Mm-hmm. He also wants us singing Waltzing Matilda again, lamenting the fact we don't, you know, get stuck into singing like other countries do. And I guess, you know, you go and play in Dublin and Scotland and England and all the other crowds seem to get into it. We, we just don't have those songs, do we? What, during the game he wants well, Waltzing Matilda or before the game or instead before... of the anthem? <laughs> Not instead of the anthem, no. Just right. sort of uh, back up, you know. All Blacks have got the harker. Just, you know, just sort of... Travelling around the world, realising that we just don't have great song, even our right. anthem. So we're trying to fabricate sort of hard... some atmosphere. Is that right? Well, I guess so. But it is like we don't have songs, even our anthem. Don't you? The amount of times you sit there and you know we'd sing the national anthem, whatever sport it is, mm-hmm. and it just seems like other countries have anthems you can get more stuck into than ours. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I get that, but. Um, we are stuck with it at this stage, <laughs> so I don't think we can go. You got and a better option for us, Mitter? No, I don't. Change it, <laughs> although a lot of people would like to see the national anthem changed. Would you like to see it changed? What I'd like to see hmm. happen, and I've been on record as saying I'd like to see this happen. Hmm. They have the hark in New Zealand, hmm. but I think we should incorporate um, what we do with the All Stars. And have a an Australian war cry, which they used to do years ago in rugby league, and put that in as part of what we do before the start of the game. So you could have your national anthem in all, and sports? then you could have your cultural challenge, or in rugby league. Well, no, I I just like to see it in rugby league when we play for Australia. Yeah, yeah, for okay. instance, yeah, to bring you know the indigenous culture into being a part of the yep. Australian national side. Yep. I, I think we could do that. But that's only my personal view. I'd like to see us do something. Because I take 10 well, you look at point. what they do before that All-Stars game. Mm. Oh, it's fantastic. It is, it, it's enormous. Mm. And, and, and I think that if you can incorporate some of that into a, you know, a, a, you know, a cultural challenge or a war cry, whatever you want to call it, I, th- I think it'd be exciting. I, I think the players would buy into it. Okay, well, Friday night, Allianz Stadium. The Brumbies travelling to Sydney to play the Waratahs to start their season. The Brumbies enjoyed two narrow trial wins against the Waratahs and the Rebels. Joining us now is their scrum half, Ryan Lonigan. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. How are you going? Yeah, really well, thanks. Tar week, as you call it, there in Canberra. I mean, trials are trials, but what did you learn about them from a couple of weeks ago when you played them, what, was in Griffith? 
Uh, well, they're obviously quite big. I think they've been priding themselves on their pre-season, um, putting on a bit of muscle. Um, and they've also got some uh, nice skill around their forwards and a bit of a new attacking sort of uh, structure, I think. And they uh, almost exposed us a couple of times there in the trial game. So, yeah, I actually really enjoyed the way they played. And um, it was definitely the, uh, the more exciting trial out of the two we played, I think. What about for yourselves then, Ryan? You've got a new coach in Stephen Larkham. Has he been any different to, to Dan McKellar? Yeah, he has. Um, he's definitely brought a different sort of mindset, um, especially around game day. I think it's uh, quite relaxed. And, um, yeah, look, look, I'm enjoying it. It's something different. I've, I had Dan for, for quite a while, and he's an exceptional coach. But, um, yeah, look, I'm really enjoying the change that Bernie's brought into the team. Ryan, we talk a lot about uh, troll games and, and pre-season and things like that with all sports. How important have, have the troll games been for you boys? And what more can you do? Because, again, this first game is a massive game for both teams. How do you get yourself close to your best with only having some trials? Yeah, look, I think you've just got to... Um, I think Cyber, our, our attack coach, raised a great point before our first trial was that you can't just go out there and throw the ball around willy-nilly because you don't learn anything from your trials. You've got to go out there and pretend that it's a that it's a, a round one, you know, because then you can go back and review some proper stuff that you've actually that you're going to implement into round one. Yeah. So, look, we tried to do that the best we could. I think out of the first trial, we really did get some good pay, um, and you know, it, it also tests the uh, tests the depth of the squad. You know, like we had quite a lot of Wallabies not able, able to play in those trials, so it was a great chance for the other boys to be able to get in and get some minutes and understand what it's like to sort of play at that level. I mentioned your coach before, Steve Larkin. What, what style of play can we expect from the Brumbies this year, given that, you know, he's over there in Munster um, in, in Europe, and we, we always talk about the northern summon, uh, southern hemisphere sides being, you know, playing a different style. It, has he brought yeah. back stuff from over there that he wants to see implemented here, which is probably not what we're used to doing? Yeah, I think he's brought a couple little things back. Um, I think he's very dedicated to try to speed the game up um, quite a bit, and he's sort of like leading the charge on, on some of the rule changes around the competition. So I'm not sure if he's brought that back or if that's just what he, what he wants to sort of implement into the competition. Um, he's brought a few sort of um, dedicated plays back from, from Munster and his time overseas, and um, not sure if we're going to see him this weekend because we're still nutting him out a little bit. Um, mm. But, yeah, look, it's really exciting. Uh, I think just the rule changes themselves, just trying to speed the game up a little bit, make it more of a uh, spectator sport, um, it's really exciting. We're speaking with Brumby's scrum half, Ryan Lonigan, and you mentioned those rule changes, which will have uh, certainly a direct impact on yourself being a scrum half. So five seconds you've got to use the ball at the back of the ruck and defending halfbacks can't advance beyond the tunnel at the scrum. So I no doubt you've had a really good think about what you're going to do in relation to these. What impact do you think it'll have on your game specifically? Yeah, I think we're just going to have to just be quite organised, especially if we're looking to uh, exit and typically, you know, uh, teams slow down to exit, get, get nice and set. So I think just we're just going to have to be on the ball and everyone on the same page when we're looking to exit and everyone's sort of running to position rather than waiting and then reacting. Um, and then with the scrums, I think it's a great rule. I mean, I, I know defensively I love staying high and just try to shut it off at the source, but as a spectator, it's the last thing you want to see really because 
uh, just sort of kills the game a little bit. So defensively, it's a bit of a nightmare, but attacking, you know, uh, it should be really good, especially with the number eights we got here. Surely you've got a sledge or two ready to go after the Tars slept on the field to build a connection <laughs> with Allianz Stadium there last week. <laughs> nah, no, I just wish it rained on him. That would have been pretty funny. Apparently it did for a period. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what but, is that about? <laughs> Earthing. Is that what they call it? It's getting used everyone, to the ground. Yeah, well, yeah. Give, me my bed, give me my bed any day of the week. Oh, 100%. Nice. I'll go there and do my goal kick in there the night before. <laughs> that's my earthing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't mind doing that barefoot if that's what you want to do, but you've got to sleep there. Okay, here's yeah. a question for you. Yeah. Mate. The, the great Warney, who, yeah. you know, he never, slept, he never slept on the MCG. Well, I was going to say, would he, I reckon he might make an exception. Might have made me? an exception for the MCG. Mate, we love... listen, we did a boot camp. Victorians are different. We did a boot camp with Warney. <laughs> Warney told everyone there, mate, I'm not going. Unless I can they oh. said unless I can take my smokes, I'm not going. <laughs> Warney's not sleeping anywhere apart from a bed. No chance. He's not sleeping on the MCG. Oh, there you go. Well, Ryan, looking forward to seeing it on Friday night. Enjoy the season. And, uh, yeah, hopefully for your sake and the Brumbies fans' sake, you can beat the Waratahs Friday night. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Ryan Lonigan there for the Brumbies. Tight market with Tab. Tars slight outsiders at home. $2 in spite of the connection they've got with Allianz Stadium after sleeping on the field last week. <laughs> Boz, you ever do that? Brumby's $1.75. Raiders Stadium. What was it called back in the day? Seaford. Seaford. Did you ever yeah. sleep there? Yeah. Not, you had a night there? Yeah. No, hang on. But what? you were blind drunk. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. They always count. used to have the mad Mondays. <laughs> that doesn't At count. Seaford Oval. Yeah, that's, and that's your missus, mate. You're not coming home. You might as well make yourself comfy on the field. <laughs> it always stays. Did we sleep there? Yeah. By yeah. choice? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Yeah, same, same, but different. <laughs> Brad Davidson, good morning. Morning, guys. How are we going? Yeah, really well, thank you. And huge day at Randwick Saturday. NMO, odds on for the chipping Norton. Uh, but we will obviously get those final fields out today. Yeah, they could have put up a bit better price. Probably $1.55. A bookie's definitely not risking anything there in the uh, the all-in market. But look, he probably starts, what, $1.60, $1.70, is he? As he normally does, uh, he just finds a way, guys, doesn't he? That was the, that was the situation there first up. I, I did see someone on social media put up a stat that basically when he settles in the first six, he's pretty much unbeatable. But when he gets back further than that, he, he, can, he can find one or two better in the past. So, look, he was terrific first up. Um, I do think that if Fangirl jumped out of barriers that day and didn't miss the start, she... She would have been right alongside him at the finish, but um, I did notice she was sort of nominated for a few races, so we'll see which way they, they go with her. Obviously, you know, the key with her is dry tracks where Animo's a bit more versatile and doesn't matter what, what the ground is. So, uh, look, he's going to start odds on, you would imagine, um, depending on the makeup of the final field today. But, yeah, look, he just, as I said, finds a way to win and it always does enough, as he did there fresh. A terrific way to kick off his campaign and, one thing about him that's uh, that's uh, he's so genuine and he, he just improves with every run of the prep and he's done that the last few times. So uh, very hard to beat once again, no doubt. Ter- terrific day at Sandown on Saturday. What did you make of the Blue Diamond field? You've been urging for weeks. Uh, any sort of uh, connection in Sydney with a decent two-year-old? Take it to this Blue Diamond because you're a chance. Well, Barber's the $5 favourite, so what do you make of it? Yeah, well, look, there's a few there that have had a chance, had a crack. Uh, Don Corleone, who was disappointing in Sydney, no doubt, last time out. But the stable have always talked highly of this horse. And 
Um, they've decided to, to have a crack and still take him down despite that flat run second up. So, look, he'll get his chance. And, of course, still City, the other one there with Palmer and some really good horses in Sydney. They've been, you know, they basically put their hand up three or four weeks ago and said we're going to target this race and come up with a, a, a nice low draw for, for her as well. So, look, I do think it's a, a very winnable race. Uh, I'll have a good look at it today and, and uh, sort of suss out all the ratings and where they all fit in. But I wouldn't be surprised if I'm coming up with a horse like Still City, um, just with those really good Sydney form lines we've, we've already seen in the last few weeks. You know, Wollombi went went down to, to Melbourne last Saturday from a midweek City race and got the job done at 14 to 1. And uh, that Sydney form stacking right up. So I think it'll, I think it will as well. And the two year olds, as I said, I don't think there's there's any stars in the in the Melbourne mix down there. So I'll be I'll be looking to find those Sydney horses for sure. There was some talk the Cox Plate was going to change dates, uh, Davo, but it's going to remain on the on the um, the same date. But there's a, a race or two that has been announced it's going to change. Yeah, that's right, Loz. Um, they've decided to, to stick with the original date. I get the feeling that this isn't the last we'll hear of it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few things happening in 2024 with the betting landscape that they just wanted to to leave it there until that's been shored up the the future of the. Uh, of that, so we might see some some more discussion around this later on because I do get the feeling that um, you know with the officials down there in in Victoria that it's something they want to explore again about moving that Cox Plate to to later. But at this stage, it's, it's going to stay. But you're right, the thousand guineas will go back a, a month to a, a Saturday from a Wednesday, which I think makes sense, guys. Yeah. I, I think having Group One racing on a Wednesday is probably not. Uh, the answer, and um, we'll also see the Manicato push back from the Friday night to the Saturday to join the Cox Plate Day meeting, and the Mooney Valley Gold Cup will become the, the feature race there on the Friday night. So obviously the Manicato went back this year due to that storm that hit, that freak storm on the Friday night, and ended up being a, a really good betting day and a successful day uh, wagering-wise. So they've decided to make that move as well. So I think that'll obviously bolster up. Cox Plate Day, and I think if there was a, a weakness with Cox Plate Day, you know, going in the past, it, it was that it was the support program did was a bit lacklustre. So I, I think um, that's not a bad move, you know, adding that on and and uh, building up that set day program. Totally agree, Dave. I should have mentioned before too is that Steel City is a joint favourite with Barber. Uh, for the Blue Diamond, five dollars each or two in that market with Tab. But to today at Warwick Farm, what do you like? Um, look, I've gone with uh, introducing as the best in the in the first. Obviously, the, the showers overnight being on a heavy eight. I don't think it'll be that bad. I, I thought, um, you know, look, it's 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 warm, isn't it, at the moment in in the middle of summer. So I thought we might get to an upgrade at some stage, hopefully. But uh, look, he's been trialling up particularly well. He's only had the one trial, but he finished alongside Platinum Jubilee, who was coming off a Magic Millions run only a few weeks earlier. So. I think the trial had plenty of merit because he was taking on a horse that uh, was up and running, not just like first up or anything like that. So, and Platinum Jubilee's a really good yardstick as a, a proper Saturday horse and even a you know, a potential sort of top 10 hope in a, in a golden slipper. So um, I think he's trialled up better than Platinum Jubilee and he looks a, a promising horse. He's a half-brother, I think, to 11-11. So well-bred as well. So we'll make him the best there today, introducing in the, in the opener there at Warwick Farm. Gee, looking ahead to Saturday as well, I mean, there's been 77 mils of rain at Randwick last night, so uh, we'll have to see how this track uh, sort of recovers heading towards Saturday as well, Davo, so plenty of yeah. play out there. Yeah, staggering, isn't it, how different different suburbs get different amounts, and if, you, if you're halfway down the, 
yeah, you know, one kilometre down the road, you can miss it and, and whatnot. But um, we did see what a few a few weeks ago when Renwick copped that deluge two two consecutive days, it just recovered so well. So yeah. Renwick's just absolutely flying at the moment. The track staff have done a remarkable job to turn that track around the last few years. So I wouldn't be surprised if it just runs through and hopefully we're on a pretty good surface there on the weekend. Thanks so much, mate. Thanks, guys.